Top Hill Recording Podcast, Season 3, Episode 1. Off to a rough start, Neil. It was a really rough start. <laughs> <laughs> so, technology, we're still recording remotely. And started off with a great guest, Ed Rice, with Toir Guitars. And had a computer meltdown and lost the first 10 minutes of the conversation. So... Due to scheduling, we couldn't get get back together to get it done in time to get it published like we wanted. So we're just going to try, have to try to catch listeners up. This is a little different, but we'll catch listeners up to to the point where uh, the conversation picked back up on the podcast. Yeah, so it started out with where did he come up with the name Toe Ear Guitars? Toe Ear, which is T O I R, which you know it looks like with a little. I guess you'd call it a stress. Mark, is that yeah. what that is over the O? That's, that's, know, I'm man. sure that's You're not what educator. it's <laughs> Stress Mark? <laughs> it stressed me. I, yeah, it's it, it, so weird. So, yeah, he uh, it was a... Gaelic, right? Gaelic name, uh, word that means what my... My pursuit. My pursuit, my passion. Quest, or my passion, quest. yeah, which guitar building or stringed instrument building, luthier, is his uh, passion, so... And we always start how we always start with a little bit of bourbon, which I'm sure we can share here. And yeah. Then <laughs> so, Ed, we always enjoy a little bourbon with our <laughs> podcast, but we've <laughs> never recorded this early in the day. So Neil and I talked and said, hey, you know what we're going to do? We said, hey, we're going to go with the bourbon. <laughs> He's retired and it's my <laughs> off day. And I said, why not? One, that's what, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is definitely five o'clock somewhere. What do we got? So when we're on vacation, I always laugh because it always seems like on vacation, I end up taking my vitamins with beer <laughs> and it uh, never quite seems right, but it's fun. <laughs> so that's kind of like this, you know, I have a cup of coffee sitting here beside me and now I'm getting ready to pour bourbon. It doesn't seem right, but it seems a little bit fun. Oh, no, you're not. Oh, man. Look what you did. The cork just broke in our bottle. Oh, you fixed it. I just pushed it on through, but we're having David Nicholson Reserve, which uh, in season two we had just David Nicholson, and Neil and I really liked it. It was a it's a great value bourbon because you can find it and it's not real expensive, and the David Nicholson Reserve is supposed to be aged just a little longer. So cheers, Neil. Cheers, cheers, cheers Ed. Ed. Season three, man. Thank you. Yes, it is good. Even at ten, yeah, even at ten, ten fifteen in the morning, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we ended up asking the question we always ask, which is, how did he uh, get a start into music? Which ended up being a pretty common, really, story with church. Yep, church singer. And sixth grade play is where he realized that he could sing. In the process of how he realized it, dude, that's it was was insanely intimidating. <laughs> I hate that we lost that story. I know. So he was in a private school, and the nuns required everyone in sixth grade to audition for the lead role. You had no choice in front of all the other students. Yeah. Go on stage and sing. So every st- every sixth grader had to audition for the lead role. Like an assembly line of children singers. And he was awarded the position and didn't even know he could sing. <laughs> so so then uh, he said for a graduation present after high school, he wanted a guitar. And parents brought, bought him a, a classical guitar, which is a fat, wide neck guitar. And he kept referring to his little bitty fingers. <laughs> yeah, said he'd struggle with it because he had short fingers. Yeah, he had short fingers, so he ended up going to college and trading that sucker in and getting a guild, I believe he said. I think so, Good yep. uh, guitar, and fell in love with that. But was was uh, grew up in, in uh, Jersey, close to New York City, and ended up going to college in New York City for to become, you know, in... Business, I think. In business and mm-hmm. ended up working in IT, I think is what he said. I think, and I, that was surprising to me because he's, uh, you know, he's fairly well known. I just assumed that was his full-time business. I didn't know that building guitars was part-time for him right now. That's right something now. he did on the weekends. Yeah, which is crazy because his, he's so good at it. I mean, those guitars, Toyer guitars are beautiful. So it, it was 
rather surprising to hear that. That was news to me too. So then he got into telling us, you know, where where the interest in, in being a luthier developed and told us a story about he was reading a magazine. Well, my one of my favorite things was he, he did, never worked with wood really before that other than making a table for... Made a toy box, I A think. toy box. Yeah. Other than that, was never a woodworker. Someone helped never him with that. Anything. His yeah. father-in-law. So I was reading, I think it was a newspaper article in Texas because work had taken him to Texas. And his, uh, he was there with his wife and he's reading an article about a man, a luthier named Harry Fleischman who was in California and it was a, a famous luthier who was who would teach five students a year and there was a waiting list just to be one of those students so there was a you know three to five year waiting list that that you would have to put yourself on just to be considered to take this be one of his five students per year so he sat down the paper and walked away and when he came back his wife had the paper in in her hand and she was reading it and said, hey, you ought to do that. I was like, what? What do you mean? I, yeah, you think? And I think that pretty much leads us into where we uh, were heading. I think heading. so. We can at least pick it up. We, we, we picked it back up with uh, how how he ended up uh, getting into Harry Fleischman's he's make, school. Yeah, he's so. making a phone call just to get on the waiting list. Yeah, that's what he's doing right here. He's he's calling to get on that three to five year waiting list and make a plan to eventually go out to do it. Yep, <laughs> and we'll get into the podcast conversation from here. Hey, everybody, Brad and I want to say thank you for listening and thank you for the support. Please continue to listen and share this podcast on all platforms that you can. And if you'd like to support us monthly, we're set up now where you can go to anchor.fm slash Top Hill Recording, hit the support button, 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 per month. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. Now back to the podcast. We're, we were talking about how you called Harry and uh, he said there you can't get on the waiting list. That's where we're at. Yep. Please continue because I'm in. Yep. Yep. So, and, and he said that two times and I said, but, but Harry, I said, I... All I, all I wanted was to just get on your waiting list. He says, what are you doing Tuesday? I'm like, excuse me? He says, you called on a good day. I just had a cancellation. You don't have to wait. Oh, if you wow. can come here Tuesday, you can get in the class. I'm like, well, hold on a second. I looked at my wife. I said, he, I can get in the class on Tuesday. She just said, go. Wow. And I said, I'll be there. And I got off the phone. I made my plane reservation and my hotel reservation using points. Um and I didn't never even bother to call my boss to ask for vacation. <laughs> I just went for 10 days. I, I called my boss on Monday morning. I said, by the way, this is what I'm doing. I hope it's okay. And they said it was fine. I said, because it was Christmas, it was slow. So I just spent 10 days in Northern California and built my first guitar. And it became a passion. I just so enjoyed those 10 days. It was amazing. So a 10-day course that starts, I guess, from the beginning. You're, you hit yep. the ground running at 10 days, man. you got to go uh, soak in a bunch of stuff. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I built a, what they call a baby jumbo guitar out of rosewood and spruce. And um, the only thing we didn't do in those 10 days was put a finish on it. So I had to take the guitar home unfinished and, and do the finish myself. He gave us instructions on what to do, and I, I did it fairly simple. Do you still have that guitar? Oh, I sure do. It's it's in a case in the living room. Oh, cool. Oh. Of course, it doesn't play near as good as the ones I build now, but it's 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 a nice guitar. It's the first. You got to keep the first. Yep, got to keep the first. <laughs> so. so, like any uh, like any skilled trade, I guess this is something that you just continue to get better and better at as oh. you as you build. Absolutely, and and I, I no I no longer have to follow my notes because I jotted down notes the whole 10 days I was out there, step A, B, C, and took pictures with my my phone and, and all kinds of stuff. But now I, I can pretty much go you know, A to Z, and I, I know what to do and what steps to follow. And and, and now I, I change some things, and I put some personal things on it, change the way I do bracing, and it, I make it my own. Yeah, man, I've, I've like I told you uh, before the podcast, I've, I've went through your 
the history of, of uh, Toeier guitars, just looking at all the stuff you've done, even the latest, um, looking at the, uh, it has the black. Oh, yeah, that's oh. the one I just, yeah, I'm building that one for a, uh, a Jordan Rainier, and uh, she, she calls herself Nashville's Lady in Black. And oh, she she's amazing. She's amazing. Oh, she, she is amazing, she, and yes. uh, she is so excited about this guitar. I'm in the middle of it, so it's called Thunder. It's it's going to be amazing. It's uh, basically a, a grand auditorium size guitar, the Taylor style. It's it's mahogany front, uh, the top and back, so it's a hard a hardwood top. So it'll sound it'll sound amazing. Yeah, I actually uh, found out about Jordan Rainier through that through your guitars and through you talking about her. So I've I've watched. Uh, well, I think you promoted her video release, and I watched that. Man, she's just she's tough. I don't, we we need to get her on here. She'd be yeah, good. We'll send to see if she'll great. come on the show. She's real sharp. Yeah, oh, and I actually got a connection to her through the guitar I I made for uh, Matt Wynn, who's in Nashville as well. And Matt and and Jordan know each other. She played the guitar I made for Matt, and she goes, "I have to have one." And she called me. I said, "Well, yeah, we can do that." So I don't know if you if you know Matt Wynn or not. He's uh he's in Nashville as well. Mm. Her guitar is thunder. Do all your guitars you build get names? Most of them have a name. Um, depends on what the uh, what the the person that's commissioning wants. But uh, generally, most every guitar has a name. It was really awesome last January, before the whole uh, COVID thing went uh, went bananas. But uh, uh, for the folks that have guitars of mine yeah, that are in Nashville, uh, had an event at the Bluebird Cafe. Um, and all four were in the round playing my guitars. Oh, oh wow. wow. It was a night for uh, Toeir Guitars at the Bluebird. It was just an amazing night. Uh, Melissa Rowe, uh, Jimmy Charles, uh, Goose Gossett, and uh, and Allie Colleen. I don't know if you know Allie. Or not. Yes. She was the first one, to, first Nashville person to have one of my guitars. So did you get to come up for that event? Oh, yeah. Oh. I was there. My wife was there. My uh, my cousin from South Florida flew up. My daughter from Asheville was there. And a good friend of mine, uh, Rick Height from uh, from Fort Scott, Kansas, came in. Uh, he and his wife drove in just to come to it. Um, of course, knowing the, the Bluebird, yeah. you, you take your chances trying to get into the place to begin with. And, but we got lucky enough. All, all of us, they all got in. I had a ticket because it was a night sponsored for me. But... Uh, they all got in, so it was an, just an awesome night. Well, how how surreal was that? I mean, think about taking your second career, which ends up being your passion, and within just over 10 years of getting the idea to go to the school, you're on at the Bluebird with four of your guitars on stage. That that must have been a pretty surreal and, and, and just a... I don't know if it's what it would be a pat on the back to go. I'm really on. I'm really doing something good. That has to be an amazing yeah. feeling. It was very fulfilling, and the best part was to to listen to the different tones and the way the people played the guitars that I made. It was. I felt very proud. We had Melissa on the show, and she talked about that night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she mentioned that on the show, and you're making quite a name for yourself. I just assumed that this was your full-time gig and it had been like a lifetime thing. I didn't realize this was something that was a second career and, and started in 2008. So your, uh, your quality of your builds actually, uh, you know, building a strong name for your company. I need to get me a tow-ear before they're really, really expensive. <laughs> I mean, they're probably pretty uh, pricey, but I mean, you know. Well, they're, they're actually not that expensive. If you look at, uh, if you go online to look at various, you know, custom luthier-built yeah. guitars and look at prices, uh, I'm I'm not that proud. I I don't do it for a living today. When I, when I start doing it for a living, the price will have to go up, but I do it now just for the sure joy of it. Let's talk. <laughs> well, hey, I, I have a, uh, a, another question because I kind of uh, took a minute and dove in to a little bit of the backstory. Um, you got connected somehow to Jeffrey Young, who's a Malaysian luthier, who's a master luthier. Yeah. How, how did you guys get connected? Believe it or not, he was in Sebastopol, California. When I took my class in 2008, he was there because uh, the NAM show was going on just after that and a couple of other things were happening. So he was in town from Malaysia. He's friends with Harry. So Harry had him sitting in and, oh, and wow. helping teach the class. And I got to meet Jeff and just become a really good friend. Wow. 
And so, and if you look on my website, you'll see a number of guitars made out of wood called monkey pot. Monkey pot, yeah, yep. I was going to ask that. So, so Jeff, Jeff turned me on to monkey pot. So 90% of the monkey pot in those pictures came from Jeff. Uh, he had monkey pot trees in his, in his property, cut them down and milled them, and he shipped me some wood. So that wood is from Jeffrey Young in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Wow, that's beautiful. It, it just sounds so pretty. It's, it's kind of like Brazilian rosewood to me. It has such a pretty tone to it. Is that Can, can you even get Brazilian rosewood these days? Uh, how much money do you have? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can get it. Uh, it's, it's, it's extraordinarily expensive because you, it can only be uh, milled from downed trees. You can't, in Brazil, you can't, you can't cut the trees down. But if, if it's downed trees and they sell it, you're talking probably, oh, I don't know, $2,000 for two pieces of wood that make up the back of one guitar. Oh, wow. <laughs> Crazy. Is, is this just for the wood before you even put a master to it. I've become a complete guitar nut in, in the last few years, which I was already a guitar nut, but really getting into tones and wood and, and understanding not understanding how a guitar is built, but understanding what the tone is trying to get to based on the bracing and the woods that used. Exactly. What do you? What is your thoughts on the like the Spile and the and the newer woods that are coming into the market? Is it based on losing the ability to get a, the, the woods like the mahoganies and the uh, Adirondack spruce and those things? Or that's exactly the reason. Well, those those new woods are only uh, woods that have jumped into the foray because the more traditional woods are so difficult to get a hold of now. Hmm. No, they're, they're nice woods, don't get me wrong, but they're not going to sound as good as some of the old traditional stuff. At least to, to, to my ears anyways, maybe to somebody else's ears, they're pretty, and they are, don't get me wrong. But, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a true believer in, in, the, in the sweetness of the tone coming from that, from that piece of wood. Oh, yeah. So what are the woods that you like the best and you think give the best tone and maybe maybe the differences between a few? All right. So obviously I've already spoken to my favorite. My favorite by all means is monkey pot. I just think that's the best wood for mm -hmm. a guitar. It just sounds so pretty. Indian rosewood, since you can't get Brazilian rosewood, Indian East Indian rosewood is my second. Can you speak to the difference in the, the Brazilian and the Indian rosewood? What do you, like tonality, is there a gigantic difference there or is it? It's not gigantic. It's a little more twangy, I guess is one way to put it. The Indian? Um, yeah, the Indians, because uh, the, the Brazilian, uh, especially old time Brazilian, was really used for classical guitars, finger stylists, uh, the Segovias and those kind of folks in the world that, that really brought the tone of that wood out. Mm. So, um, so, so that's what it is. Now, monkey pod is kind of a, a mix between a koa, which is a, a Hawaiian wood, and uh, and mahogany. It, it's Ooh. it's uh, it's uh, mellow like rosewood, but it's the clarity is very smooth. It's a smooth. And offers the full range. You can get your your trebles all the way down to your basses, and you get the full mellow sound of all of all those registers. Wow! My father just bought a baby Taylor bass, and I think it's made out of koa. And the sound that thing puts out is crazy. Those little baby Taylors are nuts. Yeah, they they throw yeah. out, they throw out a, a decent sound for being as small and compact as they are. They they do. I, I bought a uh, years ago. I bought a. Uh, a little Martin or a baby Martin, the same concept. And I used that just to travel with when we were on vacation. So it didn't take up, you know, the entire back of the car. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> and it was fun to play, but uh, obviously the scale on the neck is, is, is much shorter than a yeah. full-size guitar. So it's, it wasn't hard for me to play because I have short fingers, but it'd be hard for somebody with, with larger fingers than I have to play it. Yeah. Mahogany, mahogany is a nice wood. Koa, which, like I said, is Hawaiian. It only grows in Hawaii. That's a really pretty wood. It's be it's beautiful. It is a beautiful wood. But is the, the are you paying for the kind of the same thing with the Brazilian on the koa that is kind of hard to get? Yes. Okay. It is. You can, they can they can only harvest it from trees that are already fall, fallen. I made a guitar 
uh, I don't know if you saw my website, I, I made a couple of guitars that were I donated to two different uh, charities. One was made out of Koa. It was I donated to Jimmy Charles. I don't know if you know Jimmy mm-hmm. uh, in Nashville. He has a uh, uh, charity called I Am Not Alone. And I made a guitar for I Am Not Alone that he auctioned off. A guy up in upstate New York ended up with it. Um, and it's made out of Koa. I'm, we're actually looking at it right now. Yeah, we're on your website looking through the there guitars now. It's beautiful. That co-wood is just gorgeous. Yeah, and Jimmy played it before he auctioned it up on the stage up in Baltimore. Oh, one time. cool. That is so, <laughs> so cool. So most of my guitars have a pickup in them, but they don't all. Like the one I just shipped yesterday, as a matter of fact, to Memphis does not have a pickup in it. That's got a wonderful story um, mm. behind that guitar. It's, it's a monkey pod as well. Um, but it's not Monkey Pod from Jeff Young. It's Monkey Pod, the gentleman that, that uh, commissioned it. Actually, uh, his dad was in the Navy in 1941, stationed at Pearl Harbor. Oh. And uh, he and his wife were living there off base, and he bought a uh, he bought some wood to make a tabletop. And he made uh, bed stands, and he was going to make a, a dining room table. But the, the piece of wood uh, was was purchased right there in, in on Oahu. It was grown there, and uh, it never it never became a table. Huh. <laughs> it just sat in the barn for years. And last winter, I know Jack uh, from the place where my wife and I spend part of the winter. And he says, "Ed, would, can you make a, a guitar out of that tabletop?" I said, "Jack, uh, for sure I can do that. It's monkey pot. I'm sure I can make a beautiful guitar." I, mean, I says, "But just one thing. I want the whole tabletop." <laughs> and he says. He says, well, yeah, okay. So basically I, I got hauled that tabletop back from South Georgia back up here in North Carolina and took it to a, a friend of mine has a, a, a larger wood shop than I have, and we were able to uh, resaw and mill that down, and I actually have enough wood to make three more guitars out of that I think I want, can I, I want, I would love one of those guitars. Well, you know, the thing with I would, I would, can I, I want one of those three guitars <laughs> that comes off that tabletop. I really do. There you go. Um, I really, we'll, we'll talk about something that. out sometime. Yes, yeah, we will. Heck the, yeah. the thing with the monkey pod is, uh, the contrast in the grain just makes, you know, makes it beautiful. Yeah, it does. And, and believe it or not, that, that grain and that guitar that, that went to Memphis was hidden behind dirt, grime and, Nobody even knew how pretty that tabletop was until I started sanding it down and like, oh my god, this is gorgeous. Why are, is this is Monkey Pod renowned in the luthier circles because you don't hear no. it much? No, it's really? not. It's new. Jeff does a lot of guitars out of Monkey Pod. I do it, and it's becoming much more prevalent because it has such a sweet tone. It was more used for furniture and mm-hmm. for turning pens over the many, many years. So there's a lot of monkey pot furniture and monkey pot art where people carve in it. Mm-hmm. But uh, you don't find too many musical instruments out of it. Now you do. It's starting to get very... You can buy the wood at various luthier supply stores now. So And it's just recently becoming uh, even uh, available at luthier shops? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is anybody exactly. starting to grow monkey pod trees in the States? Uh yeah, they only grow in the rainforest, so I don't think they'll grow anywhere here. Okay. The only place they grow is in on Hawaii. You can get them in Hawaii, but most of the monkey pot either comes from uh, Central America or uh, Southeast Asia. The prettiest comes from Southeast Asia, which is where Jeff lives. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's that's. that's... I, I made I made a monkey pot guitar that actually had the prettiest grain of all of them for a. Uh, a musician down in uh, St. Simon's Island in Georgia, a guy named Owen Plant. He's kind of the James Taylor with a Jamaican accent. Ooh, okay. Uh, you you got to look him up. He's, What's his name What's again? that name? Yeah. Owen Plant, Plant P-L-A-N-T. He's based out of, out of St. Simon's, and uh, I made a monkey pod guitar for him. You just got to listen to him. He grew up in Jamaica, but uh, he lives in, in Georgia now. And he just sounds so much like James Taylor, the way he sings. When you put that, that little bit of Jamaican accent behind it, it's just amazing to listen to him. Yeah, that sounds very interesting. So I got to throw a random comment in here that I mentioned to Neil earlier. I think that today may be the first time I've ever said the word luthier. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I don't know. I, I just I, I don't know what made me think of that. It's just a word that I've never said. 
Well, <laughs> it, it comes from, you know, the guitar is actually a, uh, has evolved over time. It, it evolved from an instrument called a lute, L-U-T-E, yes. which was from, you know, ancient times. And uh, that's where the term luthier comes from. A luthier is a maker of stringed instruments, somebody that makes guitars or violins or mandolins or ukuleles. Okay. Okay. So a luthier is broader than guitars. Yes. Ed, I want the same guitar that you just sent to Memphis, man. This is beautiful. Let me see that, Neil. Oh, it's gorgeous. And this is the one for Owen? That's, that's the, that's no, no, the one that's Memphis. Jack. Jack okay. Slackhorn. Jack Slackhorn. Oh, wow. Look at the in, back uh, of that guitar. That's that gorgeous. That is, that, the back of that guitar is beautiful. And the sides. And the front. Everything. And the neck. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, that, the, the front on that guitar is actually the first time I've used that wood. That's called Sinker Redwood. So we think of Northern California redwood trees. So that's a redwood tree that was fallen into the probably the Russian River or Sonoma River, one of those rivers up there. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that. And probably sat in the bottom way. of the river for 50, 100 years. <sighs> and then they take that and they mill it. It sounds so pretty. And it makes, it makes the wood super hard. Is that right? Yep, sure yeah, does. Yeah. And it, did you say sinker, like sinking Sink, to the like bottom? It's sunk. Yep, sinker. yep. Yeah. S I N K E R, sinker redwood. It, it sat at the bottom of a river for many, many years. So, what do you have to consider as a luthier when you're thinking about the combination of, you know, the front with the sides and the back? What are you What are you thinking? What are you looking for there? Well, I'm, I'm looking for um, specific qual- total qualities that the person commissioning the guitar is looking for. Different woods have different tones. Uh, the top the top wood or the front of the guitar is called the tone wood. That's The majority of the sound comes from that piece of wood. The sides, the back, and the neck do provide some tone, but the majority of it comes from the top. So uh, it just depends on what they're looking for, and then, then the bracing will determine, you know, how much bass they want, how much mid-range, how much, you know, uh, trouble they want just depends on what they're looking for and how I brace it and how I thin it. Uh, the important thing about the top wood is it depends on uh, the the tone gets better or worse depending how thick that you make the wood. So as I as I take a piece of spruce, for instance, I use a lot of Sitka spruce from Alaska for tops, and you take that and I you pluck it with your thumb and you can actually hear the tone in the piece of wood when it's just a a, pl- a, a plank of wood. And I continue to, to pluck it with my thumb as I thin it. I have a thickness sander that thickens it, that, that uh, brings it down to the, the thickness I'm looking for. And as soon as I hear the right tone, then I stop. It could be anywhere between 2.7 to 3.5 millimeters thick. It just depends on the exact piece of wood. Every piece of wood is different. So how much consideration goes into that? I mean, are you, is this like a something that you just know right off or is this like oh, something I, I that takes that a lot of Harry. consideration okay that Harry thing? Yeah. yeah yeah you you learn from from the people that teach you and there's there's lots of different uh, information out on the web uh, there's different luthiers that do classes and and stuff like that uh, there's blogs um, and uh, email lists that people share information Luth- the luthier community is actually a very sharing community people. People talk to each other. They share their ideas. I, I don't know if you noticed, uh, Neil, in the picture you're looking at the black guitar I'm making for uh, for Jordan. I, I brace the back, and I kind of like I-beams, where I put the braces in and I put holes in them. I, I borrowed that theory from Jeff because he does that on all of his guitars now. It, it takes it takes some of the, the weight but doesn't change the, the strength of the back brace. So okay. it makes the guitar a little easier to carry as well as keeps the uh, keeps the the wood very flexible yet strong if that makes any sense it does yes actually I'm looking at it right now so uh, you, you kind of walked me into something I was wanting to kind of b- touch on my I have a, a, a guitar player in the band that I'm playing with currently who is in Michigan right now I think it's called Brian Gallup School of Guitar Building and Repair and he is doing a six-month course to become a luthier he's 19 years old which i don't think younger guys you generally get in it especially at such a young age so he's kind of taken the bull by the horns and wanted to learn how to build early so you know we when i initially talked to him about having you on i was like man i would love to be able to have his name spencer him on the podcast as well but of course he's in 
He's learning it right now the second how to do what you're doing. Yeah. So it's a six month school. It's a six month school, and um, you know he was he he wasn't a good traditional student, or was he was he just had to wasn't his thing. He wanted to try something else, and he loves the guitar, and he's a guitar nut, as you know. So that that's kind of the route that he went. So he's he's learning right now to probably a lot of the stuff we're talking about, the tones of the woods and the and the bracing. Oh yeah. And, oh yeah. Ed, so like you did with Harry, once you're in this full time, do you think you'll teach this also? Uh, I do. I actually uh, taught one gentleman, a friend of mine, wanted wanted his own guitar. And I said, well, you know, you're my friend and I I don't want to charge you to build your guitar. So I'm not going to build your guitar. I said, you are. You're going to come in my shop and I'm going to walk you through the whole process. And I walked him through and he built his own guy named Jeff Lloyd. Oh, oh, cool. uh, He's got a real pretty guitar. That's awesome. I wish I had a friend well, he like you. He built it himself, though, and he's, he's real proud of it. So, Ed, what does, I'm just thinking, you know, if, if I was, like Neil's talking about, man, I would love to have an Ed Rice guitar. What do these first conversations sound like? What are you trying to find from the artist to help you decide how to, to approach this build? Well, I, I want to know what kind of music you like, what kind of music you like to play, and what you're looking for in a guitar. Um, and if you're astute enough to be able to know sort of what I'm talking about, then it becomes easier for me to then talk about the right wood. And if you're looking something in, like Jordan was very particular about her guitar, what she was wanting it to do. One of the things that she does, and Neil, you, you probably know this, she, she plays in a, in a, uh, a dropped E, a half step down, so it's kind of a really strange tuning. But uh, we wanted to make sure that whatever I built was going to be able to play well in that tuning. So, you know, those are the kinds of conversations you have. What are you looking for? Are you looking for, you know, something that's going to be a boomer, like a, a big old uh, Martin Dreadnought? Or are you yeah. looking for something that's going to be mellow or finger style? Or are you a chord player or a lead player? Um, do you like to get way up high on the neck? Um, I don't do that, but a lot of people like mm-hmm. to play up on the 18th and 19th fret. Cutaway becomes important then. Yeah. Um, uh, and that, those are the kinds of things I ask about. How much do you lose with a cutaway? No, that's that's a very uh, philosophical question. <laughs> I think you lose a lot. Um, otherwise, yeah. luthiers don't think you do uh, because all the, the majority of the sound is coming from the top and you're taking away a good 20% of the top when yeah. you cut away. And you're losing that tone. I don't care what you tell me. You're losing the tone. But uh, um, I've built them, and they sound nice. Um, for me, I, I don't play up there, so I don't need one. I, I like the true, t- the true tone on the top of the wood. It just depends on the player um, and, and what, they're, what they like. Um, if they play up there, then it kind of becomes a, a deal. If you, I've never done this, but if you look at Jeff, uh, Jeff Young's website, uh, Jeffrey Young's website, he has built, and he has, um, I think he's actually uh, copyrighted, I think, He's done a, a uh, cutaway th- theory where he actually doesn't take the entire section of the guitar out. He just takes like a, a swab of the top and the side out. So it's kind of just like a curve in there, but it's not the whole cutaway. Okay. I don't know what he calls it, but if you look at his website, it's really pretty cool. Let's do a fictitious build for Neil here and Ooh. see see what your th- thoughts are. And Ooh. I'm going to speak for Neil for this a minute. Fictitious. I'm going to speak for Neil for a minute. So Neil plays hard. He beats the hell out of his guitar. He plays like a drum. He breaks strings regularly because he plays loud and hard. And But he also, you also finger pick from time to time. But I'd say primarily you need something that you can beat like a drum and just play loud and hard live. Is that right, Neil? Yeah, I, well, I would say I would definitely want the monkey pod just because I want. I Hold want, on, you're not you're not naming the wood. We're, uh, we're, oh, okay. <laughs> All right, my bad. Uh, yeah, I definitely play hard. I've, I've become way more proficient at uh, more bluegrass. I've been playing a lot of bluegrass lately, but uh, my style varies so much. What's your thoughts, Ed? So far from that jumble. That was terrible. <laughs> so far, I, I can tell you a couple things. He's a banger. Yeah. Come right out and say you're a banger. So you yeah. need something that's going to be able to withstand the banging. 
Yes. So you you talked a little earlier about liking the uh, the the redwood top on that guitar set. I would not recommend the redwood top if you're a okay. banger because you won't have a guitar for very long. <laughs> Look like Willie's they're, guitar. They're, Look they're, like they're, Trigger. They're a little soft. They're a little soft. They're they're pretty as heck, and you have to take care of them. So I, I wouldn't do. I, I would actually do a hardwood top and okay. back. So you like monkey monkey pods? A good strong wood. Okay. Um, I'd actually do a monkey pod hardwood top as well like as it. a back. I like that. So, you got what you wanted, Neil. That's exactly what I wanted, Ed. <laughs> so and but and, and I would probably make it out of either a uh, a dread or a, a GS, a Grand Symphony style. Ooh. Both of those are pretty decent size uh, lower bouts boxes that have a lot of uh, have a lot of volume in them, which I think would be cool for you. Uh, a smaller body guitar won't work. I don't know if you can hear me smiling, but I, <laughs> I'm so excited about this guitar. It's going to be yeah, real. That, that and a, and a, uh, a mahogany neck with you know the the uh, the, the fretboard in the the bridge are basically that's based on uh, on personal preference i i make them either out of uh, rosewood or ebony i like ebony because i like the black but mm-hmm. that's that's personal choice so are there too many variables to talk about here's, here's, cost when you're looking at this like what are you at, at this point in how your much career, do I, how much do, how much do i owe you right now ed <laughs> how much where, where are we <laughs> You haven't talked about uh, finishing. You haven't talked. That's the other thing I was going to say. So uh, a lot of my guitars, the one I just sent to Memphis, a lot of my guitars are finished in in the old school French polish. If you ever heard of that terminology, Um, it's shellac. It's done by hand, much like a violin. And it's a very thin finish that really allows the wood to resonate to bring the best tone. A, uh, a guitar you buy in Guitar Center or Sam Ash or wherever generally will have a natocellulose lacquer finish on it, which is thick. It's it's tough. It's gonna it's gonna withstand the banging, etc. So a French polish I would not recommend for Neil if he's gonna bang the hell out of it because it'll have a hole in it no matter how hard it is. Mm-hmm. Um, because the the finish the finish will go away. If you look at Allie Allie Colleen's website, she had a tailor. Uh, that was was uh, special to her. It was she called it uh, uh, Betty, I think is what she called it, because it was named after her grandmother, her her aunt. Uh, I don't know if you know who Ali Ali Colleen is. Her yes. dad is famous. That's why she was. It was Takamimi. I'm sorry, Takamimi. Her dad plays uh, Takamimis. So yeah, uh, he certainly does. Like that. <laughs> That's Garth like Brooks' Martin? daughter, correct? Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. So she put a hole in the top of that guitar, and that's a Takamimi. You know special guitar and just the way she played it so and she continued playing it with a hole in the top of it but if you look at pictures of her you can see that hole um you just have to be careful with and that's not french polished so i would recommend uh for for neil's guitar probably a uh polyurethane or a, uh, something like that probably not netrocellulose i'm i'm not into that that kind of a finish but you know a uh, a polyester hard finish was what i would recommend Hey Kim, um, this is my wife. start 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 saving some money, Kim. I think uh, I think Neil's got the bug. He's going to be buying a yeah, toy guitar. Yeah, get me a guitar now for sure. <laughs> and then, of course, you're going to be on stage, so you need a, you need a pickup in it. So think yeah. about what pickups you like. Oh man, L- oh, here we go. All right, I, I personally like LR bags. I, I was getting ready to say LR bags, bags man. You did it before me. I did it. Oh, all right. We're I actually never... need to put a, a lyric or an anthem in a lot of my guitars. Which one? I, I haven't played the. Lyric the uh, is, I haven't the played lyric the lyric. It's nice. I like a lyric, and, and the anthem is is kind of a, a, a mix of a lyric and an element. It actually has the, the piezo that goes under the under the saddle as well as the mic Ooh. under the bridge. Hey, Ed and Neil, I got to say, man, you guys are some serious guitar nerds. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm, in, I'm, I'm, I'm sold. I'm in. I love it, too. Why did you start that? Con- now I've got that guitar in my head, Brad. Thank you. I'm thinking about this thing. Because I want you to have one, I man. I do, too. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, you know, while we were talking about guitars and names and everything, I keep thinking about Trigger. Oh yeah, that, that's that's a guitar with a hole in it. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and, and that it, that, it, that guitar is probably the most valuable. Do you think that would be one of the most valuable guitars ever 
in the, oh, absolutely, in the, absolutely, just by its name. Have you yeah. seen the documentary? It's, yes. uh, it's about 15 minutes. Yeah. Have you seen it, Ed? No, I haven't. Yeah, go it, to, it's, go to it, YouTube and you can bring it up. Trigger. It actually is, uh, is it the one where it has his luthier cleaning the, the thing? Yeah, he's had the same guy taking care of it for I don't know how many years, but that guy's just talking about how what it takes just to keep it together. Yeah. Oh, I it, can imagine. I can oh, imagine. He's talked about glue and bracing back on. They actually have a rep, uh, another guitar, one more. That is kind of built. I don't know if it's 100 percent built like that one is because, if I'm thinking right, isn't it like a oh, different a year body mess. and a different year? It's it's a crazy thing. So his yeah. guitar, if I remember from the documentary, Willie's guitar got stolen. I think maybe in Nashville, Probably. and uh, years ago, and and he went to a guitar store and they had this classical guitar and he bought that and loved it and it's given him a sound ever since. I don't know. I'd have to play. I'd have to get another. What kind guitar. of guitar is it? Do you know? It's a Martin. Is it? It's, it's, like a, it's a Martin classical nylon string. Yeah. That's why it has that such pretty tone to it when he's playing it. Yeah, man. There's been plenty of unbelievable songs written on that guitar. Do you know okay. the wood that that would have been made out of? Uh, I don't actually. It's a good question. I bet they talk about it. But. Well, it obviously wasn't hard enough. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the top is definitely spruce. I can tell you that. But the back, I have no idea. So, Ed, in your since two thousand and eight, uh, do you have some builds that just stand out as like the ones that you are just they just stand out because there's something special about them? Yeah. So, um, I can go through a few because of the stories behind them. Because okay. every guitar I make has a story. Probably the one that uh, thrills me the most is actually Melissa's. Uh, M- Melissa, who I got connected with through Jimmy Charles, another Nashville guy. And uh, she had texted me one time or sent me a thing on Facebook asking, you know, how much the guitars cost. And I, I gave her a number and she said, well, she'll have to save up and she'll be in touch someday. And then Jimmy found out that I was talking to her. He says, you know, Melissa? I'm like, well, I'm, she reached out to me. I really don't know her. He says, you really need to hook up with that lady because she has a lot of connections. I'm like, okay, I can do that. So I, uh, I I reached out to her and then over the phone, she just told me this heart-wrenching story about her original Triple uh, O Martin guitar she had when she first moved to Nashville many, many years ago. And mm-hmm. she had to uh, she had to hawk it to, to pay bills. And she loved that guitar and she missed it so much. And I said, well, why don't I just replace it? I can make another one just like it. And I did that. And that guitar is called Bluebird, and it's got a bluebird up on the, the headstock. Mm-hmm. And uh, she treasures it because it re- it sounds just like the one that she had back when she first moved to Nashville many years ago. Better. Better. <laughs> Better than the one she had. Oh, yeah, she told us that, she told us an, that story on the show. I made for a gentleman in... Uh, Forest City, North Carolina. It's out near Asheville, if you know where it is. Uh, he had contacted me back, and he's in his probably mid-60s, I'd say. He's about my age. And he said his his grandfather at the, at the homestead uh, cut down this walnut tree in the front of the house in 1903. And they milled the, the walnut out of this tree, black walnut, and uh, left in the barn and he says, I have some of that wood. Can you make a guitar out of it? So that became the heirloom guitar. Oh, wow. And, of course, it was, it was the, the wood was plank, so it, it wasn't very th- uh, wide. So the actual back of the guitar is made with three pieces of wood instead of two. So it's, oh, wow. it's joined in two places, not just one. That, that's a pretty special guitar. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah. Of course, Allie's was the first one to Nashville, so that was very special to me. Is that her primary guitar? Uh, no, she just plays that at home now because uh, she started to wear off the top. <laughs> she wants to keep it nice, yeah, yeah. So, so is she a banger? So she, 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 she plays her. Uh, she plays attack uh, on, on uh, all of her videos now, and uh, you can understand why. Oh yeah, yeah. I imagine. <laughs> imagine Dad had something to do with that one. You think? <laughs> I, I don't, I've never met her dad. I don't know him, and I just know her and her husband. They're, they're just the sweetest kids. They're they're so professional, so um, so respectful. He, Garth seems like a good guy, and I'm sure he is. If he's got a, a great daughter, 
We're oh. going to get him on the podcast one day. <laughs> yeah. Well, good luck. Good luck. Uh, um, they're, they're just uh, down-home people. Uh, Allie and Jonathan, her husband, just good folks. I would honestly rather have Allie on the podcast. Maybe we can start with Allie. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, serious. I'd much rather have Allie out. on the podcast. <laughs> so she seems interesting as all yeah, get out, man. Yeah. I've been M- following Melissa her. can hook you up with her. She and Melissa wrote a song just recently. It just got oh, yeah. released oh, yeah, about a month right. ago. It was, well, she, Melissa called it the B-side. It was yep, that little uh, double song about yeah. her, her Best friend, friend song yeah. or something. Yeah. Yep. yep. I remember that. Yep. yep. Very, very cool. Very cool. Ed, when you get into builds, and maybe it doesn't happen as much now, but do you ever like, oh, man, we got to start over? Yes. Um, <laughs> it, you know, uh, it doesn't matter how good you are. Wood is wood. Um, it has a mind of its own, and... Uh, uh, as a matter of fact, I can just, the black guitar I'm making now, I had to get a, another set of mahogany sides um, because as I bent uh, one side uh, a week and a half ago, it bent beautifully. You know, I cut the wood and I thin it, and that's before I bend it. And the, the uh, treble side bent perfectly. And then I went to do the bass side and got the, got it all heated up and ready to bend, all soaked down wet and into the into the blanket and ready to go with bend and it got to be uh, the right temperature where I bend it and I started bending and it went crack. Oh, oh no! Half and just oh, I hate when that happens. And oh, I, you got to no. start over. Dollar signs would be going off in my head. Yep. <laughs> oh <laughs> my do. gosh! I bet. But uh, you know, as we sit and talk about you know what goes into building a guitar, I I can imagine how fulfilling it must be when you get that finished product and you put strings on and you strum it yes i i tend to sit there and play it for an hour (laughs) before before i send it off my my biggest problem would be i just go i can't i can't send this off i gotta keep this one too (laughs) well I, i i've never been tempted to do that because I went and, you know, I made my first one for myself and I actually never play it. It's, it stays in the case. I have a, you know, a display case in the living room. But then I made myself a, a, a new one two years ago at a monkey pod and I just love that guitar. Awesome. So that's the one I play all the time and it doesn't have a pickup in it, but it doesn't need to because I don't really plug in. I don't, I don't play out much. Mm-hmm. So um, I do jam sessions or around the campfire. That's, that's my, that's the, the extent of my playing capabilities these days. That's one of the best places to play an acoustic guitar. Yeah, I love for it. Sure. So, uh, the past three winters, my wife has been in a place south, in South Georgia on the beach, uh, Jekyll Island. If you ever heard of it, and every Thursday night, this uh, this uh, campground, which is where a bunch of northern folks go down and spend the winter, um, every every Thursday night they have a jam session, and I enjoy doing that. Oh yeah. Oh, I could imagine sit around with your yeah. own guitar. You know, at the beginning of the winter, it's like ten or fifteen, and by the end of the winter, there's like thirty-five people in a, in a circle <laughs> playing guitars, going around in a circle, like a, it's oh, a, that's a circle, a circle type uh, jam session where you go around one, one, everybody plays their song, and people join in if they want to. So it's oh, kind of cool. fun. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. Or just getting around the campfire on a Saturday night, drinking, uh, drinking bourbon, and then or uh, so. <laughs> Or other Kentucky bourbon. fine, yeah. fine uh, liquors and uh, around <laughs> a campfire at somebody's campsite. And that's probably more fun than anything else. Oh, absolutely. I, I tell you what, man, there are not a lot of campfires in, in the world that a guy sitting at there playing a song is playing a guitar that he built. That's pretty awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. How cool would yep. that be? Yep. <laughs> that's so cool. And he chose Monkey Pod for his guitar, which he I'm, thinks is best for you. Of course. That's what I'm using. That's what I'm going to use I want the monkey pod So Ed, if we have people like Neil That would love to have a custom built guitar How do they get in touch with you? Either uh, email me right off the contact information Off my website Message me on Facebook or Instagram Or just pick up the phone and call me Which is what Jordan did Okay, and your website is? Toir, but it's T-O-I-R Guitars dot U-S That is correct and it's uh, Instagram is Toir Guitars or Ed Rice Guitars. They at sign in front of that. And then Facebook is uh, Toir Guitars Facebook and an Ed Rice Guitars uh, Facebook. Either one will get you to me. 
And I would say it, follow the Instagram because if you want to see artwork in progress and then see my future guitar on the, <laughs> in, by pictures, <laughs> that's where you're going to find it. Hey, I can't wait to see it's gonna Ed post Neil Johnstone's guitar. What, <laughs> what are you going to name it? Oh, me and Ed are going to have to talk about it. I don't know yet. Yeah. Ed, do you uh, do you come It'll up with be the names inspired or you... over the conversation? That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but the Instagram is fun to follow. I appreciate that you put those uh, pictures of your work oh, in the progress. Sure. Yeah, but this is the last. This is my. I think the most important question for me. Uh oh. How in the world are you patient enough? to glue something and walk away and leave it for like 24 hours before you pick it up. But I can't, that's my biggest problem, man. I would want to like, I'd want it to go so fast, but it is a process of patience that I, I can't exercise. Well, I how do you, what, how do you do that, man? <laughs> I, I am not a patient person to, to be honest with you. Like you, that, that, that would, would have bothered me too. But believe it or not, when I'm in the shop and I'm working on something that, uh, that I want to be perfect at the end, I get pretty patient. Sometimes I'm not as patient as I should be, but anywhere else outside of my shop, I am never patient. But in there, <laughs> I am. I don't know why. I get the feeling, Ed, that you really like making guitars for other people, doing this for other people. I do. I enjoy just uh, the look on somebody's face the first time they play it. I like... You know, other than because of COVID up until this January um, or March, whenever actually the lockdown started, I hand delivered every guitar I made. Oh, wow. So I could, so I could hand it to them and say, play it because so, I wanted to see their face. And I've not been able to do that, and that's killing me. Oh, I bet. Well, yeah. After we get our mind built, we'll come pick it up. And okay. then we'll do a little tour of the, uh, maybe you can show us the shop and we can film it and put it online, do all that stuff. Oh, kinda absolutely. That'd be check cool. it out. That'd he's be got, awesome. he's got some pictures of his workshop online and it's, uh, looks, oh. looks really nice. And, and by then my, uh, Spencer will be out of Luthier school and he can come down and you guys can meet too. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Ed must do uh, he must, he must like to stay clean cause I, you know, his wood shop, his, or at least the pictures online don't have a lot of cut wood and wood dust and everything you'd think of. <laughs> <laughs> just depends on what day you come in. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ed, I want to thank you so much for coming on yeah, the on the you, podcast. We've really enjoyed talking to you. Me. It's awesome. Thank you so and much. And it's been great. Yeah, and you gave us some names. I think we're going to reach out to a few of the names you dropped and see if we can get them on the show. Absolutely. Reach out. They're, they're all good folks. And Ed, I'm not kidding about this guitar. <laughs> hey, we'll hundred Ed. You know where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to season three. We appreciate your support, and if you enjoy the podcast, please share and help us grow our audience. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>